Hello, everybody. It's Marcy from wavesofcommunication.com. Welcome to another episode of the Language Facilitation Helpline podcast, and thank you for tuning in today. The fastest results come when you enjoy the process of language facilitation. Wow, everybody, welcome back to the channel. You are going to love this interview. This is not the first time that I've had Laura on with me. Laura is a seasoned, self-taught language facilitator. She was never a client of mine, but she used all my resources as an independent learner, which I know many of you are. And today, Laura's here with an update. So I'm just going to let us go, let you go. Tell us a little bit about how old your daughter is, how old she was when you started all this, why you found us, and what happened. Just go on and tell us your story, Laura. Right. Hi, Marcy. I'm so excited to be doing this with you again, because where we were and where we are now is just mind blowing for me, really. Um, Well, she's now just hit seven. And this all started, you know, as you know, when she was uh, you can see it all in the previous interview that I did with you. But as we um, as she hit two, I noticed that her speech wasn't that great. And I knew because I was a late talker, I had a sense then that she would be one, too, because of the genes. I thought maybe that's what it is. So anyhow, we started with I self refer myself to refer her to a speech therapist. And um, and then I just I didn't get the answers that I wanted there because they just gave me pecs and uh, you know but when we used those she just got frustrated and even regressed even more and that was from the age of I think two and a bit when we started with the pecs and then she was at nursery at that point um, and the nursery wasn't helping and then you know they were trying to misdiagnose her that's the sense that I started to get telling me that you know she could be autistic and that's the sense I was getting from them and I said, that's not my concern. It doesn't matter what she is. I My concern is I want to help her to speak. Because when I self-referred to a speech therapist, the idea was I thought they were going to show me how to help her use her words. And that was just not the case at all. And she regressed. So it got to a point where I finally, one night, I couldn't sleep because they were telling me she, you know, this wasn't the school for her. She needed to go somewhere else, a special needs school where they can help her with that. And I said, no, you're seeing a different child than what I'm seeing. I see something completely different at home, what you're seeing in the nursery. Um, for the whole year she was there, not one word did she speak to any of them. She was great with kids, but um, then she started to enclose herself in her little shell because I think she just felt too pressurized, you know, and she what you know, they weren't she wasn't doing what they were expecting her to do, what was expected of her. So um long story short, I even then stayed up one night and I just started researching on Amazon like any other mother or parent out there, caregiver, you know, what can I do to help my child with a speech? And then your book was one of the first things that just shut up in front of me. You know, if it isn't fun, it isn't fun. Teach your child, you know, how to speak better than a therapist. And I thought, what is this about? What's this got to do with anything? Anyhow, so that's how I found you. I found you through that book. I slept at 3 a.m. I found your YouTube videos. Couldn't sleep too excited. And I started literally the next day, took away the pecs. And our journey just began from there. Um, They still weren't um, seeing what I was seeing. And I just think it is a lot of work, you know, obviously, but, you know, to be there. And I knew that I had to do something completely different in order to help her on her journey. So just before COVID happened, um, you know, I was following your techniques and I followed your videos. You and I have chatted as well before old COVID hit. And um, and I just knew I had to change my mindset. It didn't, I had to put people, no negativity towards whatever they thought, what she was in, what she was like, what her behavior was like. I had to just switch off from that. And then I decided to home educate her. And... This was before COVID hit. I was thinking about it. And then when it hit, I had no choice but to try it out. And in just as little as a month or two, she was completely different. I was slowly getting her anxiety to be a little bit less. Um, I mean, I think about where we were there. From day one of starting your technique before she was taken out, she started saying words and I just couldn't believe it. Um, so where we were there, I started to home educate her. I didn't let her go back. I deregistered her. 
And we just had fun. That's what it was. We just had fun every single day in the beginning. It wasn't about this is school. Let's be a school. My, my, my motto was I needed her to have fun. I needed to her to use her work to learn how to emotion. I followed all the techniques of um, the reach and teach. Um, just had fun. We went out to the garden. We went out for a walk in nature, playgrounds. We used every single, you know, opportunity there. And yeah, ask you really quick about yeah. her speech evolution. So I know a lot of parents are like, you know, this seems a little, how could it be in just a few weeks you started hearing words when after a year in school or therapy or all these other, you know, evidence-based techniques and all that stuff weren't happening. Can you talk about before she was talking, yeah. how did she communicate with you? Like if she wanted something, what was she using to communicate before she had words? pull at me she'd climb everywhere <laughs> I have a climber for a child still climbs but in different perspective now um she climbed she used to climb everywhere to pull my hand go where she wanted she used to make sounds and get frustrated and I it didn't help back then because I used to ask her what do you want and of course she's not going to reply to me because she can't do it you know and then uh -huh. she things open up the fridge wanting things and I sit there guessing do you want a break do you want this and she used to get more frustrated. So that's how her communication was before the speaking. She'd get anxiety, anger, and and then she'll just shut down and give up on whatever it is. You know, you do the things. I'm not going to give this to you before you tell me what you want. You know, so I was prompting her. I didn't realize at the time that was prompting, but that's what it was. And it was just blocking her even more. Right. So... That's, I think, the big th message that I wanted to share with people, because I think a lot of parents are seeing this behavior. In fact, these are the red flag signs of autism, these behavior, the kids that never stop moving, the kids that, you know, become aggressive and throw themselves as soon as they you know, say no or, you know, all of those things. Um, and as you started, so what you did was you realized you were prompting. And then you started to reach and teach. And we talk about that as the connection, the way to yeah. reconnect with her. And yeah. once you started to reconnect and you felt the anxiety decreasing, what changed? How did it change from her pointing and dragging you around and you guessing to her telling you, mommy, I want ice cream now? How did that work? It worked because I then, you know, when I realized I was prompting and I knew I had to stop that, uh, I then just started watching her from a distance. So I'd wait for the opportunity to see what she was doing. And then I'd explain, oh, okay, so this is what you're doing. Oh, so you're getting the bear. You're playing with the bear and you're trying to feed the bear. So whatever it is that she was doing, I took that as the opportunity to try and connect with her. And... Uh -huh. um, I think I think I was very lucky How because like that. How did she like it when you did that? She she'd look at me. She'd look at me, and then she'd continue the movements even more. And I'd go, yes, yes. And right away, did she say, "Oh, mommy bear"? Did that no, happen right no, away? No, of course not. It takes time. Practice. No, not going to be like you imagine the speech therapists do, oh, where no. you sit down and start playing, and suddenly the child starts talking. Yeah. First thing to listen, right, Laura? They have to start listening. So just like you observe them and listen basically with your eyes to yeah. their nonverbal communication, and then you start matching words and yeah. language and stories to the things that she's doing. And that was the trick that yeah. kept her to stick around, right? Yeah. Also, the other thing I found about the connection thing was if she was playing with a train, and I wanted to join in. I'd go, oh, you're playing with your train and your tracks. Can mommy come? But I wouldn't take her train. I realized that I had to go and get my own train. So I'd go and get my own train and go, oh, I can do that too. I can put them on the track. And she had her trains, you know. And at first she was like watching me. She didn't interact straight away, but she'd watch me and I'd just carry on talking. You know, they call me a chatterbox anyway. So I was using that as a level of degree of just using the opportunity. She was the only one there who wanted to hear me talk. So that's what I did. I modeled what she was doing and I spoke out. It took a while because obviously, like you say, it's not something 
overnight that she's just going to start speaking. And at first it was just one word at a time. So I didn't use sentences. I just used like one or two words, um, you know, uh, just think that. And then she'd look and I'd say, yes, come here, the train coming, train is coming, you know. Um, so that's how we started to do it. And it took a while, but I think I would say she would start saying the words within maybe a couple of weeks, one or two words would come out and um, connection would happen. I mean, I was just absolutely overwhelmed with it because it was spontaneous. It wasn't directed. It was spontaneous. The only direction was her hearing me modeling the speech. So that's how it does. It, does. it was interesting. She started to seek that kind yeah. of teach the teaching moments then, right? Yes. And Would she, she bring you things that to teach her about after that? Did she start to bring you things? She she would pull me into whatever activity that she then started to do. And that's what, uh, what was the biggest change. I mean, she, we always had a great connection in a way, but not the connection of, yes, come and show me how to say this, or yes, come and show me how to do this. It, it used to be before that time, it used to be if I say, oh, okay, can mommy do this? And no, and she'd get a great upset and no, and shut down. So I'd have to walk away because then she'll have a tantrum. Instead, when I started to get my own things with her own things, she started to welcome that. And she realized I wasn't there as a threat. I was there asking her if I can join in or I have my own things to join in with. And she really wanted that. I realized that she was actually craving connection the whole time. And to me, that's when it really hit me. And I knew it in a way, but behavior is communication. And I love that sentence. I go by it the whole time, even till now. Even till now, she'll behave in a certain way without the words. I'll go, oh, okay, I understand you're upset, you know, but I'm here to help you. I can be upset too about if this happened to me. So that's how yeah. I connect with her, explaining what was going on. So, I mean, that's amazing. You really have, these are strategies that really evolved along with your child. So, you know, you were just talking about when you started, you were saying trains going up, trains going down, here goes the train, you know, little tiny phrases. Yeah. And then now you're explaining these high level concepts about why things can and can't be and all of that stuff. And without needing to hold her, manhandle her, or do any of those kinds of things, she started to seek to come to you. This is really the kind of transition that parents are hoping for. And it's really the kind of transition that's necessary for school readiness, right? So now that she, because before she wasn't interested in, like you said, doing what they expected from the school, but now that you got her doing what's expected at home, you have to pick up your things. You have to put your dish in the sink. You have to, you know, follow and do it the proper way and learn rules and boundaries, not just how to play with toys, but other things, too. What kinds of chores and jobs in the house is your daughter helping you with these days? She's in charge of packing away her own toys. She's in charge of doing that by herself. And of course, there's the old moan, I don't want to do it. But it's like, no, I don't. No, I don't. Now you actually hear sentences. You know, I mean. Wow. It's, it's like a really typical child. Yeah. How old is your little girl now? She just turned seven in August. So, right. uh, so in a very typical seven-year-old sentence, mommy, I don't want to clean my room, but also understanding that it is her responsibility yeah. and that she wants to try to negotiate that yeah. responsibility. This is a very high-level thinking. Yeah. And remember, there are a lot of late talkers out there who are seven years old, and they haven't caught up with the language yet, but it doesn't mean that they're not thinking these things oh. right they're they're clever i have to tell you they're clever i mean i don't know what i was like when i was young and not talking late you know spoke late but this child honestly i'm in awe of her every single day about how she catches on to things so quickly and she's clever she she knows that she's not supposed to do something and she looks at me and she say mommy look and she'll actually get my attention. I was like, yes, but you know, you're not supposed to be doing that. Mm, but then she'll tell me the reasons why now. I mean, it's not, in obviously it's going to take a while, you know, conversations with her as she's coming now, along. This is 
parenting, Laura, this is normal parenting. It's going to take a while. It's going to take the rest of your life to get kids to understand boundaries and accept boundaries. But the way you're doing it is you're giving these boundaries and all of this stuff as a responsibility. And what's amazing is your daughter is accepting it. You can negotiate. I know you have to do whatever, but if the toys don't get cleaned up now, you'll clean them up in the morning or whatever, you know, something like that. Ultimately, because that trust was built when she was tiny and it was going the wrong way. You were seeking remedies and trying to prompt her into doing things. And she was isolating into her own self and her own anxiety, right? That's the first tip that you have to do to help your child get out. Now, I'm going to shift this interview a little bit and talk a little bit more about the next step because yeah, on my platform, and after I visited lots of families, I realized that there are a number of parents that struggle to do this on their own. You had to make a lot of sacrifices to do this as a your child's primary educator, facilitator, mommy, caregiver, everything. So to do it all by yourself, you couldn't work, right? You weren't working a job. You, you know, all those things. Tell us a little bit about how your life changed. Like what other things in your life did you have to give up or put on the back burner so that you could focus on your daughter? Well, you know, work was one thing because I knew that um, I couldn't do this if I was going out to work every day. You know, I had to find something that I could do from home. And, you know, it's not easy to find things to do when you're at home the whole day, you know. So I realized something had to go. And, on, you know, and that would have to be the thing. It's, it, I, you know, I stopped working. I stopped. I didn't stop going out. That we did with her, with me. You know, I'm single parent. You know, so uh, I had, you know, I had to sacrifice working. Knew that she needed me. She needed me to help guide her and to help her. Um, And I became her facilitator because I knew we built that connection and we built that trust. And if I was to give her to somebody else, it's not their responsibility. It's my responsibility. Right. Right. Oh, and I needed to teach her how to do that. So that's what we had to do mainly is the it, I just stopped working and I gave everything up just to be there for her, do things with her, connect with her. And where we are there, where we were there to where we are now, I'm now in a position where I can tell her, do this work here with your math or studies. I'm just going to go and do something quickly and come back. And, you know, right. me- well, if my mother's here, she looks after her while I quickly step out of the home. Yeah, so that's the other thing. As a single parent, so, you know, the, the reason I had you bring that up is because I know that there are a lot of parents that don't even start this journey because they know that it is a full-time job. And so the reality is, though... Even now that you're still facilitating and helping your child because you're her primary educator and you're facilitating all of her academics at this point. Now, you live with your family and there are others in your home who can support you. So that's why you didn't have to have a full time job. And, you know, you have other family that are supporting there. And so. What I am working on now, and I was kind of inspired by Laura and her situation to develop a certification course because I think parents who do have to work or don't have family that can live with them to give the child a full-time language facilitation experience all the time that they need, at least two or three hours a day to get caught up. And I'm sure in your case, it was like five or six hours a day between all of the things facilitating through brushing when you wake up in the morning to all the way to bedtime stories at nighttime, you know, that whole thing. And so if you had a nanny or caregiver or someone to work with you um, to sort of be a second set of eyes, to look in at your situation, to catch you when you slip back into prompting and also be another resource for inspiration. Because like you said, if you're a single mom and you're not going out and doing a lot of play dates and things like that, because those places are full of people who are judging your kid, 
yeah. right? You might not want to take them out because they're like, oh, that one has this or this one has that. Or have you gone to therapy or, you know, all those things that happen to parents. And if you had a facilitator that you could hire as like an assistant, a practitioner, someone to work with you, yes. how would that been to help your experience to, you know, do the things? Because what are the traps and pitfalls that, you know, kind of helped you, kept you up at night or whatever when things happened? Were there triggers and stuff that made the process inconsistent sometimes? Yes, of course. Of course, there's always a uh, little bit. If I, I mean, I, I say to you, I always have your voice in my head. <laughs> so, whereas having that person, you actually physically there, you know, with me to watch and to help, I think I would have caught up a lot more quicker. Because, of course, there are times, you know, it's hard. It's not easy. It's hard. It's hard work. You have to put the work into your into it yourself more than into your child in order because it's not easy. You forget sometimes. Sometimes you forget and. And I find myself prompting her at times sometimes. But then luckily, because we've been at it for a while, I then go, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. That was prompting. Sorry, mommy, let's start that again. <laughs> and then I go back because now I'm, it's easy for me to notice when I'm prompting her or not. I mean, the one great thing about it is, you know, it's it. it you get frustrated, you get upset. And of course, there's arguments between she argues with me now. I mean, it's where we were, where we are, but using words. She argues you yeah. using she fights for her right. I mean, one good thing about, you know, like you say, it did stop me from going out to try and meet people because we I was home educating. So, you know, wherever you went and people found that out, they go, but why isn't she a school then? Well, you know, this is where I think this is better for her, but how is it better for her? But then I was so lucky that over a year ago we came across, because home education is on the rise in the UK now. And um, I was very lucky that I found a community of home educating parents who have just started at the same time as I did. And I've met the right small amount of families who have children similar age of her. And she has friends, they right. now to each other you know I don't have to be there by her side to help them communicate with her or to help her understand amazing. that's amazing and you know I think it's really really important to um find that community where you have people that you can trust and yeah. uh, because I think it it represents I mean like you said it's on the rise because I think there are parents that just don't want their kids labeled and placed in a special education classroom because it's true that these children are not ready for school and there has to be a way for them to get ready that um, you know, is becoming more acceptable. And I think that's what these kind of homeschool groups. So for those of you parents, and then those of you who are interested in hiring someone to help stay tuned to my channel, because I'm, I'm coming out with a certification course. So if you are a parent, someone like Laura, who now that she can leave her child and potentially go out and help other families and maybe even meet other families at the homeschool group who have other kids, because I'm sure you've shared these resources and been facilitating, because I think that's what the best homeschool parents are, yeah. is facilitators. You realize very quickly that you cannot take the math test for the child, that you cannot write the English lesson. You can't write those sentences. You can't spell those words. You can never do it for them. And you can never make them perform it because you've put in the right keys. The, you have to motivate learning and motivate effort to try new things and get out of your comfort zones because kids accept things that they get good at. You know, yes. I'm sure your daughter has those things that she's good at and she would do those every day, all day. But the math lesson or the spelling lesson or the one thing that she doesn't like, she'll, those are when you see the negotiations come oh, out, you know, that we, kind of thing. I would like the boundaries and stuff. I'll tell you one thing. I let her watch when we watch your videos. I actually let her watch or I'm watching and she's walking around or lurking and she knows who you are several times. You know that you've been on live and I type to you. Ariella says, hello, Marcy, you know, <laughs> you know, so and there's one thing you did once where you did with the bicycle. I think you were in one of your journeys in Dubai. I think it was. Yeah. And 
the video about the bicycle and over the edge. I'm not kidding. I showed her that video and she loved it. She went and grabbed her Lego bicycle with a child on it. And she imitated and she did every single word and over the edge. And she didn't use it. I'd never, she, I'd never heard the word over with her before that time. And I just went, yes. You're watching Marcy from now on with me. And we do that together sometimes. We play it. She watches that I'm playing and she catches and she listens. The, the thing is with lay talkers, they're very observant more than, you know, any other child in a way because they, they're learning. They have so much in their brain and they're buzzing to say it, but nobody's there to help them, guide them of how to say it and to model it. And that's what I learned a lot about it. They have to hear you say these things as they're doing it. So that they understand. It literally has to happen at the same time. And it also, you know, that little video, what you do is you you join familiar phrases like go and stop. You know, a lot all kids know that, especially when you're dealing with a vehicle, have wheel, wheels of some kind. And but then you automatically add more. So that's gonna be my suggestion. You know, it always is my suggestion. For every parent, it is, I don't know how or why it happens that people underestimate what their kids are able to pick up. They know they understand them because if you've got to explain something or you're triggered or you've got to blah, 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 it all comes out all at once. But then suddenly when you're in teaching mode, you lose that facilitation thing and you go back to, is she really getting it? Does she really know? Should I test it? Should I do that stuff? And I think that's why having a partner facilitator in your life would help because they would be like, of course, she knows it. You don't have to say it 500 times. Let's just trust and see. Because when you get to know someone, if if she sees something she likes and her immediate reaction is to go and try it for herself, that means, I mean, that would tell me as a facilitator, that's what I got to do because not all children will respond that way, but yours does, you see? And when you have someone who's with you who gets to know your child from their way, see, you always have the mommy filter, but if you have a helper with you, they could help you see these things from the outside perspective. Oh, maybe we should try another way. And that's what I found myself doing. But the other thing that was good, once you have someone in your life, like when I went to Australia and I was working with the family of a seven-year-old who wouldn't brush his teeth, and then he would find these times to resist doing a thing he needed to do, change his clothes to put his pajamas on, um, you know, wanted to wear jeans everywhere, even in the bed, you know, those kinds of things that they hook onto because they're in control, right? And so I was in the house and she would say, Marcy, can you come in here and help us with this? I don't know what to do. He, he he's stuck wearing jeans. He likes to wear his jeans. He wants to wear his jeans. And I don't know what to do. And then I would tell the next level of the story. Oh, he doesn't understand that, you know, there's like gross, yucky stuff on his jeans, like from when he ate yogurt before and that yucky spot got on there. And and you don't want that yucky dirt to get in the bed. That's why he needs to have pajamas on. So, you know, that and then the kid was like, you know, still didn't do it right away. But after we told the story and then we offered the option, look, mom says this is the boundary. No yogurt stained pants in the bed so you can take them off. Or you can sleep on top of the sheets, you know, this time with a blanket with your bed on. But he loves this bed, right? It's a space bed and all this stuff. So again, to have the things you love, you've got to, it's all give and take. Life is full of give and take. And I think a lot of parents don't need, can't spend the time to negotiate these things. They're like, look, I just need them to be in bed. I got stuff to do. I'm doing my night job. I, you know, I, I'm trying to wash the dishes or I got to clean up or I'm exhausted too, or, you know, all of those things. And that's why I think this extra practitioner, because even in a house where you were the primary one and you had other people living with you, there are times that it feels like it's exhausting. And I also believe that the progress can happen a lot faster. 
Oh, absolutely. If I had somebody physically here, you know, coming in, you know, from day one even, I think her progress would have been so much more faster than it is with just me learning. Because I was learning the same time as I was about teaching her. So I didn't... It happens to a lot of parents. Like they sign on to the workshop or they get the workbook and they're learning while they're doing. And like I said, if you had a certified person there to help keep you on track, I think that would help a lot of parents. Now, if you became a certified person, let's say that you're one of these people that decides to take my program and take this on as a job. When you meet family, right? So let's say you're going to work with the family. Being a mom who had this situation, sort of hoping, wishing that there was someone, what would you do first? How would you, what would you work with this family and talk to them about to get the process started if you were going to go into a home? Well, the first thing is, I mean, in my opinion, is I would explain to them a bit about my experience and what, you know, what I went through, because obviously that's what's led me to where I am now. And thinking about even doing the course, because you remember, I always say to you, oh, you're doing a course. I'd love to do that because I see a lot of families around us struggling. I do. I see that. And then I can't just come in just like that and say, hey, I can help you with that because it's not my I'm a mom, you know, that I can help you with that according to my experience. So and then I would just say you have to just let go of everything that you thought you know, was wrong or right. Just concentrate on your child and accept that child for who he or she is. Watch them, just get to know them from the beginning because that's what I had to do. She was two and a half and I still felt in the end that I had to forget that I'd known her since birth and just get to know her, start to introduce myself to her, start to, you know, to help her with that speech and to show her I wasn't a threat. Because imagine a child, you know, seeing us as parents, a child who could speak and you go over and you show them, no, that's not the way you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do it this way. That child's going to get frustrated anyway. So if you were doing that to a late talker who couldn't express her words, of course, she's going to get angry and, and the connection is lost. It's the same as with right. the other. So I would say you just have to start from afresh. Just relax. I know it's not easy. And I know there are times, God knows I've heard how to take deep breaths and walk out of the room at times to not lose it in front of her. But if I do lose it in front of her, I also took that as an opportunity to explain why I was upset. I mean, she will, if, if, we're, if I'm trying to get her to do a work at home, you know, for her studies and she doesn't do it. And I go, you know what? That's it. I can't do this. And that's me. I, I'm going, I'm going. And I hear her say to my grandmother, mommy's upset. And I'm sitting <laughs> And I, you know, I'm away and I'm trying to like stay angry, but you can't because you're hearing her speaking and she's using it. So I used that as the opportunity. Do you know why I was upset? And then I explained it to her. So she knows. And I think that's what you have to do is you have to start it fresh again and find a way to connect with your child from day one and just watch what they're doing. Let them do what they're doing. Just use that as the opportunity to explain to them what they're doing. Don't ask them. You know, I learned that a lot holding a pillow I go I don't go oh you're holding a pillow because then she'll just gonna look at me and go well it's obvious you know that type of look I get from her is yeah what do you mean I'm holding pillow? so instead I go oh you're holding a pillow oh is it nice and soft that must be so soft and silky and I just explain everything that she's doing and her actions oh you're doing that now so I just say as if I talk as if she's showing it to me that's how I say yeah. oh you're showing me you're doing my favorite strategy that I would give you right now for your daughter Mm. is to start, and you'll learn this if you take my certification course, is to start talking about your own experiences. Uh So the way the language improves, because remember, she needs to learn to say things in the first person. And you're saying you're doing this, you're doing that. That's all third person, or you did, or you are, you're thinking. And I think that's an, it's an important strategy to do that at first, because that is a very clear indication that the child who can understand you knows that you are thinking the same thing they're thinking. When you say, I can tell that you want to eat ice cream and they want to eat ice cream, they love that because they're like, she got the idea. I don't have to show to get her to understand. And that's how the anxiety decreases because frustration comes when I'm thinking one thing and you're thinking something different. And 
you're trying to get me to think what you're thinking, and I'm trying to get you to think what I'm thinking, and that doesn't, that's just right. Yeah, it does. So, that's why I do, like you're saying about the explanation thing. I do that with her, but then if I'm doing something and she's in the room, I go, oh, look what I did. I'm doing I this. Love- you just say, I- see, look what I did. Look how I did it. Show me. Yeah. And because all demonstration that yeah. shows her how to do it. So I think you do have, it's a balance. You have to have both. But let me ask you this, Laura. If you were going into a home with a brand new family, like let's say they hired you um, to go and work with them because they meet you on the internet or, you know, something like that. And the first time you go into a home and there's a little three-year-old nonverbal late talker and his worried mom and all of that, what would you do to connect? How would you connect with that little guy the first day? Well, the first thing is I would just say hello and I just tell her, you know, it's nice to meet you. It's you, you're so sweet. And I explain about the person that I'm seeing in front of me. I explain, you know, I'll introduce myself because that's how I start, you know, doing things. And then I'll say, oh, what are you doing? You know, and I'll I'll just watch her. I think I'll just observe her from a distance. I wouldn't directly just go and sit next to her because she doesn't have a clue who I am. So I think I'd and speak with the mommy and just say hello to the girl acknowledge that she's there and then just sit and observe her because I don't know her I don't know what she does with them what frustrates them so you know observation is key I think more than anything else and giving them that space you know and, and just away from them because I believe that eventually when that child sees that as well I think they themselves will come and get you into their 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 own you know life and what they're doing because I've noticed that with my child if you know if I keep her away if I keep away from things that she's doing at times like oh you're here that's great I'm just in the kitchen and I go off she now comes up to me says mommy come here mommy please come come here come see so they want that they've connected with you so that's the key the key is observing them getting to know them what they like to do and what frustrates them and then you just watch them together with the parents and just see how it's going and I think that's the first thing that I would do is that you want to know what's happening. Why? Yeah, I love it. And what I would do in that, I think that is perfect. When you think about the opposite of what happened when the therapist first came in your house with their bag of toys and their stuff, come in, let me take you away, set you down and start blah, 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 making you do things, right? Versus let me talk to the person you trust about you and how smart you are and how cute you are and how you're playing with that car or that bear and oh look how well you're doing with those things and then eventually that little child will bring the car over or whatever you could bring a little thing sometimes to just show that I am also fun yeah. I'll bring something like a balloon that I blow up and just let the air and let it fly out or one of those pop things or a wind yeah. up toy or something like that. That's just like, do you want to see what I have and demonstrate and, you know, just how to use it and let them try and they might take it and go. And I'm like, all right, well, you, I guess you don't want to play with me, uh, but I know how to use that. Just like you keep talking and be attractive. And they always come. They always come because there's no pressure, right? Absolutely. I mean, I see it even with my daughter. I see when people come for the first time to us or if we're out, you know, and somebody starts talking to me or we're chatting. And it's usually because they see a six-year-old, seven-year-old who's uh, who's out with me and not in school at the time they should be. So they get talking after a while. And she herself will watch me speak to them and depends how I they're interacting with me or, you know, and she will go up to them and she herself goes up to that person who she doesn't know and starts telling them to look at what she's doing. I mean, so where she was. Interesting. And that she's aware yeah. that she is, you know, that she has some explaining to do, right? Because that's what these people do. They show up and they's like, who are you? And why is your obviously school age child yeah. here at the mall or the flower yeah. shop or the, yeah. you know, wherever? you are and she is aware enough to feel that energy coming at her and say I'm a homeschool student and I'm here shopping for science plants in this flower shop and you know to explain and put these people in their place because 
she has heard her mama do that. You know, she has that language because she's seen you do it so many times. And I love that you are so confident in your journey that you feel she she's getting all the academics she needs and I'm getting her out and we're socializing and she's going to meet people that school kids won't meet. You know, and the thing is as well, they are smart kids. I mean, people undermine them. You know, I mean, I teach her at times and then I say, oh, so if that's, if you add this and this together, what does that mean? And I've had to, she has taught me how to teach her. It's, it's uh-huh. out of her. She taught me what way works with her. And I've, and that again, I had to do through observation because I tried the technique that I thought would work. It wasn't working. And then I said, oh, well, okay. So, and I get, I was getting frustrated. You know, did I do the right thing? Because that question at times is at the back of your head. Am I doing the right thing? Am I failing her? Am I, but then she'll come out with things and you'll go, oh, okay. Right. That's, that's the next level that we haven't even reached there yet, but okay, you got that. So that's a secret. See, always, you always, when you're, when, when you're in, you know, and I feel the same thing for myself, for my platform, I'm in charge. Like nobody tells me what to do or how to do it. I'm responsible. I have goals in mind, right? I want to reach certain people. I want to share certain messages. I want to communicate certain things, but I have no control whether they'll accept it or my videos will go viral or not, or, you know what, there's a lot I don't have any control over, but still. I'm committed to the process. And I think that's the primary thing that you do. I mean, you know, it's your child. Of course you're committed and you love doing. Listen, Laura, this video could go on for hours and hours and hours, but I want you to share one last thing. If you are talking to a mom of uh, anywhere from two to seven or older, who is confused? They have been labeled or not or Maybe they didn't get the official one, but everybody else is saying it. They don't want to do school. They want to figure out this way. Where would you start them in the process of this right now? Where would you send them first? To you. (laughs) I'd send them to you. I go, well, let me tell you about my journey. And then I'll just tell them how it was that I came about it. And I'll tell them I was in their place. You know, I was, uh, I know what frustration is like. I know how heartbreaking it can be for them to go through what they're going with their child and the worry, because I've heard people tell me lots of things, you know, but never give up. It's the number one thing I always say is never give up. Keep trying. And if you think you're doing something wrong, you know, it try a different way, but you know, watch your let them tell you communicate with them and what they want and you know just be patient I know it's not easy but patience is key and put in the work it's not something that you don't don't give it to somebody to fix that child for you because you're the one who gave birth to this child for a reason right so you're there to guide them in life and just watch them patient with them and see what they learn how to communicate with them by watching what they like to do and you know and with them and and I, I think for me it's just I can only tell people what I've been through you know to to about the experience where we were and what was happening and then I find that that's the way you bring people in to understand oh because first thing they're going to say is she knows how I feel that's what it is and I think that's the key to all of this if they come face to face somebody who knows what they're going through then they'll start to not doubt themselves as much because I think a lot of pressure is put on parents these days to doubt what they're doing. You know, you're not doing right. There must be something you're not doing. It's not their fault. It's, you know, it's just a way to learn. Show that the right way. That's it. Like you said, even when you signed up for speech therapy, you signed up to get some training to figure out the right way. And that's it. So if you want to learn the right way, I think you do need to, as you're, if you're a parent, You do need to learn to do this. And if you need support, you can get support. So it's not that hard to learn this. You can get someone, you can hire someone. And I suggest that you hire someone who's not formally trained in child development, someone who likes children, you know, someone who um, is chatty, you know, a natural chatterbox like Laura here who just talking naturally because I know naturally there are parents that are not chatterboxes. And if you're not naturally a chatterbox, 
hire one. If you don't have time, hire someone to fill in and let them work with you because you're working full time, you know, or that kind of thing. If you need support for outings and people to go with you and that kind of stuff, hire someone to help you. But you can hire someone. You don't have to hire a professional speech therapist. Those people are too busy in the system trying to teach kids pecs and get paid by insurance in the NHS, right? Your job starts now. Like Laura says, you gave birth to this little one and it is easier than you think. It takes time and effort and, and, and sweat. I, equity kind of, you know what I mean? All of that, but it's in your capability. And because parents have been doing this forever, Laura's been doing it now for a number of years, you know, four years now in this journey to figure it all out. And if you would enroll your child in school now, I mean, I know that's not like she's already you're in such a jive and she's teaching you how she would maybe struggle if she learns differently than the typical ways um, having teachers understand that as quickly as you do might, you know, cause more frustration and anxiety and things like that. I see that kind of thing. But yeah, I think the idea here is that you can do it. I know yes. it's challenging. I know it takes time, but this is your child. You can figure out how to connect with them and then trust them. Trust this process. Trust your child. When you're connected with them, they will show you what yes. they know. And, and I, instead of it out, they'll show you. Have, you know, have faith, just have faith in yourself as a parent, as a mom, as a dad, as a caregiver, you know, I mean, she does go to other classes when you say that she's in a gymnastics club that she's been going for a year now. She's just started swimming lessons. And this is a lesson where I'm just at a distance and a teacher is telling her what to do. So she's accepting it from her. She accepts things from other people now. You know, that's why I started to enroll her in these clubs now. I'm like, right, I think you're ready. And she needs to now be independent and you know it's not just me being next to her holding her hand anymore she's there you still how seven-year-olds go through life you know you have to let them you have to let them grow and you have to trust and they're gonna make mistakes and they're gonna get in trouble and they're gonna fall down and skin their knee and all that stuff but this is parenting yeah this is parenting and I think that's amazing yeah, I mean, I mean, her her swim teacher even sent an email because I sent her saying thank you so much. Where she really is enjoying it, she's talking about it to me, and she sends me because they know that I teach her. We do, um, I facilitate because they know her history before she goes into the class, and yeah. she sent. Said, you know, I love having Ariella because she's so helpful and in the class. So tell her thank you. And I let her see this. I read this to her. I said, Oh, look, Claire said you're very helpful and it's lovely having you. And she just smiles. She loves it because she feels. Yeah. She, so she'll be more helpful because yeah. corrected. So what I love is you yeah. found a swim teacher who would respond to Ariella. So you see Ariella, like all lay talkers, they want yes. connection. They don't want yes. pressure and control. They want connection. And they'll learn and do anything. She'll pick up the, the. she'll stay behind and clean up the extra equipment. She'll put her towel in the towel rack. She'll follow all the rules because she gets to connect in a pool yes. with a really fun facilitator who is facilitating a skill that this little girl can get good at and come home and tell everybody, mommy and Nana and everybody else about. It's brilliant. And this is how you're able to get her work hard at math, even though she doesn't want to and pick up her toys, even though she doesn't want to, because that's what happens at seven. The drama starts, right? I don't know. Absolutely. It helps me as well. If I come home now with the shopping and I and it happened, yes, I think it was yesterday or the day before I went out, I got a few things I got home. But because we got her used to helping, I now come home and I put the bags down. I turn and I said, Ariana, where are you? And I turned and she's taking things out of the shopping bag and putting them on the counter or in the fridge. And I just went, right. OK, thank you for doing that. You carry on. <laughs> you know, I didn't tell her to do it, but they learn in time. Uh, you, you know, child who they wanted to diagnose with autism i know i know i mean you know it it's not my place 
at all. This is the other thing. It's not my place to tell parents what to do or what not to do. But, you know, the thing that I did where I decided not to listen to anybody, just to listen to her and just to see what she wanted, because everything else that was happening at that time was frustrating her and she was regressing and not saying absolutely nothing. And it, it broke my heart to see her in that position, you know, with the anxiety and, um, you know, I learned so I, it, I I would stay up just to learn watching your videos, just to teach myself of how to get to reach her and to connect with her, to help her. Even when she's having a tantrum, now I comfort her and I'll say, I know, I know it's not right. And I know you're frustrated. I know it's making you feel this way. But, you know, we have to follow little boundaries now. You've played with it. Now mommy needs you to come along and be with me and to do other things. We have to say goodbye to that for now. And in time, yes, the tantrums were big, but then eventually she was understanding and she was getting it and she, you know, with the words and, you know, otherwise they don't know if you don't teach them or express it to them. And now it's like maybe lasts for about five minutes or three minutes compared to three hours, you know, what it was like in the beginning. Wow. And she accepts it now. She, you just have to explain to them. Just talk like you're talking to anybody else. Don't treat, treat them sort of differently you know yes I had to I had to slow down my speech a lot whenever I was talking with her because I'm a fast talker you've probably seen it all the time I just get so excited and just talk so quickly and I start to see that with her at times so then I go I know I know you got that from mommy yes mommy talks so fast doesn't she I think I need to talk slower you need to teach me to talk slower so that you can start talking slower too so you know <laughs> learn we learn from them watch them listen to them acknowledge them that's the biggest word that well, they're and what I love is that while you do that because i think a lot of parents do learn from their kids but what they don't do is the next step of what you just did yes. is reflect it back say it you're thinking those things oh, i had no idea you were so smart say it out loud i had no idea you knew how to tie your shoes I no idea you knew how to stack things or build things or do things. And you're yeah. when you do talk about that from your if you're shocked about, I can't believe you said that, or wow, I'm so thankful that you are helping me take the groceries. I'm just gonna leave you to it. Well, do that. I mean, just say these things out loud because yeah. these phrases that are very helpful, these yeah. this kind of which is very helpful for kids, especially seven-year-old girls who are in the height of their learning what drama is. Like, how can I create oh drama? God. You know? Negotiator. Absolute negotiator. I mean, I didn't think, you know, a lot of people look at her now. I mean, they always said this, you know, a mini me, but they look at her now. And then when I say, oh, she did this the other day, my sister looks at me and goes, yeah, just like you, exactly like you. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> right. So they start to see that with her because she's using her words. She's expressing things. If I'm talking to my uh, my sister on the phone, I want to talk to auntie. Oh, okay. Talk to your auntie. You know, where we were and where we are now, it's mind-blowing. And, you know, I, I, you see the light in there eventually. I know it's not easy. You think you can't see, you know, the result of where you're but it does happen and you do see it. Just be patient, acknowledge, listen to them. Let somebody come in and help you with that, you know, if you don't know how to do it, you know, and uh, and you'll be fascinated by it. Just give it time. Nothing is easy in this life, you know, so put all your energy. That's what I ended up doing. I'd rather not yeah, do anything. It. It's about where are you focusing your energy? And what I think is it's easier to be patient yeah. when you're constantly seeing little improvements like new words coming every week and new she's she trying new things and now she's doing that and now she's doing that and you don't realize that it's yeah. been four years because yeah. there's been progress every week for that whole four years otherwise you wouldn't have a child who's having conversation with strangers at the mall I mean how amazing is that it's better than sitting and participating in a school class. Your child is getting more proficient at being a successful human to go out into the world in the decade that we're in right now, you know, of changing world to be ready to handle whatever comes Absolutely. in the changing world. Absolutely. I mean, I know people can't do what I'm doing. I know that. It's not easy. You know, it isn't easy. I'm not telling people get your children out of school and home educate them. Yeah, quit your job, stay home and do all this. 
Now, if you can, great, but I know it's not the majority and I know it's not everybody. And I want to present a realistic picture to people. But the main message that I want Laura, hopefully you learned from listening to Laura's journey and listening to how she talks about how she works with her little girl, that you can see how important it is to really put all of that other stuff that you've been reading about or seeing about or all that stuff, just put it away for a minute and get back to your natural connection with your child trust that they are smart trust that they are listening and learning even if they don't talk right away even if they don't say things right away just trust and do like laura keep on talking just keep on talking because there isn't one thing that you can say or do it's just all of them connect and talk about that that's it reach and teach them you know and and just have fun with them honestly that's the one word which you're right about have fun with them because they're kids you know you don't want them to grow up too quickly we say that but if you just enjoy that and have fun with them that's how I started teaching her at her home I just started having fun with her you know to see a butterfly let's play let's do things to get opportunity if you are going to do that then fully invest in it you know it's 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 the results are amazing i I can't i can go on and on quickly i mean you know you don't have to the the goal for a lot of parents laura is to get their kids back into school because they don't want to take on the homeschooling i mean you're sort of a natural born educator and this just sort of happened to let you fall into your niche with your little girl but for those parents that are you know, they they're trying to get their kids into school. You know, when you think about the schools in Dubai and, um, you know, Australia and other places like that, they Australia's got a system. But a lot of these places, India, they don't have any real systems and all they have is regular education schools that you can go like with an aid or something like that. And parents really need their kids to go back into those situations. Do you think that um, it in a six-month period of time, because the only readiness we need, right, is that willingness to learn from new people, like your daughter is seeing at the at the swim lessons and that kind of stuff. Sit, listen, follow directions, do all of that stuff. How long would you say, typically, it can take to get enough language and social skills for that? Oh, Three like months, a- six months, a huh. year? I would say, do you know, you do start, if you put all your energy into it, I think a minimum a day that you should do for those who can't have their kids at home constantly, you should at least start with maybe two hours a day of sitting with them, talking to them, modeling, using this sort of technique, facilitate slowly and eventually start getting them to do things, do things with them that you want them to do when they reach that stage. Because if you get them used to that where you are at home, very, you know, typically just very slowly pull them in, get them to sit down, even if it's for a minute. I mean, sometimes I even if I realize she's in a state where I'm not going to get anything done with her, like in 15 minutes, that's too high an expectation. I narrow what's more important for her to do. So I bring it down to five minutes. And then if she's into it and I realize she wants to do more then I just extend it by another minute. You know, I just see how it goes. And I know the signs to watch out for when she's had enough. I mean, now she says it verbally. She'll go, okay, I don't want to do anymore. We can do this tomorrow. She actually says, do this tomorrow. You know, and I go, okay, if you want to do that tomorrow, that's fine. You've done this enough today. That's great. Thank you for your time. And off you go, you know. It, and she's, because we, we she wouldn't have even been te- able to tell me, do this tomorrow, even five months ago, you know. Wow. But because, but because we're doing it in stages, you know, I mean, they're learning Every day is a learning opportunity. It's not just about the academics. It's whatever you're doing. You're baking, you're doing laundry, you're eating, you're, you know, cooking. That's all a learning stage. That's all to me, you're home educating still because you're doing, you know, practical stuff. And when cakes, which she loves baking, oh my God, you know, every week has to be a a cake baked, you know, which is fine. (laughs) But we worry about who we have. We're going to start, I think, spreading it to our neighbors. I'm just going to get to know my neighbors, knock on the door, say, I don't know you, but my daughter baked this cake. Can you have some? You know, but but we do it. And she does the measuring. She knows the ingredients now. And she will do it, all the mixtures by herself. You know, all anything, a learning opportunity is a learning opportunity. So, you know, I just think looking at what you were 
flexible enough with the child. So, yeah. you know, a child who's super anxious, who can't handle the structure, right, gets kicked out of school because of that. Yeah. At home, what you do is you slowly introduce the structure yeah. based on your knowledge of the child and what you can get away with trying to get them to participate in, basically. <laughs> you know, I, I, that's what we do. What we All you can do is try, yeah. right? She like this, and you have to pick something they like, and then eventually you can start to introduce things that are what they would say in the profession are less preferred activities, and you introduce them in small bits, yeah. and then eventually, because the reason they're less preferred, everybody, is because the child's not good at it on day one. They like the things they're good. They already know how to do. They don't like the things they don't know yet, but that's the thing they don't know yet. And once they learn how to memorize the times tables or do what spell the word or write their name, now they'll not stop because yeah. now they know it. It used to be hard and avoiding because I, it was, I didn't know. Now I know it and I'll do it every day. But the next thing I'm going to fight you on. See, that's the personality of your daughter that she doesn't want to move out of the comfort zone. So you learn it. You're flexible with her, and that's how you can send her to a class and trust that she's going to be great. Yeah, I mean, you just have to trust them. You just have to trust them. Put the trust in them. And I just tell her when she goes to a gymnastics class, I just go, you know what? Go have fun, but also listen to what they tell you. That's what I tell You've got That's to what parents say to seven-year-olds when they leave them to go with other people. She needs... And and she remembers because she trusts you, right? That's that whole thing. When you first, your first thing, just like we talked about, if you were going to meet a new child or even with your own, that's what Laura did with her own. She just approached it as if this is a new child that she doesn't assume anything about. I want to learn who this child is. And the reality is because you maintain that, Yes. As she evolves day after day, year after year, and presents the new Ariella that comes out today, and the next one that comes out the next day, and the next one that comes out next week, and the next one that comes out, the one with the drama, the one with the personality, the one that wants to be a firefighter, and the next week wants to be a chef. Absolutely. That kid, that day, yes. is who Laura works with. Throw Whoever that that day. That's the word, I think. Throw out your expectations. Don't expect them to get something at a certain time. Let them get, they will get to it, but give them the space and time to get to it. You know, I know it's not easy. We're always in a rush, you know, especially when you're leaving to go somewhere, but you have to leave more time and you have to say, okay, we're going to, what I know you're playing, but you've got five minutes and I'm going to put on the timer. But even though the timer is on, I still say though, you've got another four minutes. You know, I remind her and you've got another three minutes. I know it may be irritating to some, but she well, what I love about that strategy is the timer is the bad guy. Yeah. You're there to support her through the bad guy is the time. Like we've got yeah. got a job. It's a five minute job. You know, you've got to write or whatever, do whatever you're doing, like whatever you planned out. Yeah. And now bad guy is the timer. And you're like, you've got four minutes. You still got this time or, you know, whatever. And when it's over, then you're right there to support. Oh, no, the timer went off. What do we do now? right? Because I still don't want to give up this activity. I still want to stay in my comfort zone. I'm grabbing on with dear life. <laughs> it's the same like us. We have tantrums. Yeah, that's what seven-year-olds do. They grab onto their comfort zone for dear life. Don't want to change. And they'll give you fight or flight or drama or whatever. I do it this way. I like it this way. And you're like, okay. Like you said, you're going to put the groceries. If you see her on a mission with her focus <laughs> on it, Activity, let it learn let yeah. it go let her, let her figure it out and then later you notice you tell her i noticed you were doing this i noticed you did that i and i'm thankful that yeah. you did it just like when you mess up and you're sorry and you say i'm sorry when she does something you appreciate you tell her how thankful you are and this is why just even when the teacher says she's thankful and that your daughter's being sweet and kind and supportive in the class, she doesn't care. She doesn't need the kids to be, you know, any more than participating for her to do her job. But when kids go above and beyond 
to connect with a teacher and appreciate their teaching by giving them back, by helping them out or being the teacher's pet or whatever, that empowers that teacher to give her more. She knows. See, she knows how to get out of people and get connection. You taught her that, mama. And so- what you've done is equipped and empowered your little girl who wants to be a mommy chatterbox, just like her mommy, out in the world to literally approach other people and talk to them about what's important to them. She's talking to the to the people at the mall about what they think they're worried about her going to school. She's helping them feel less worried. Laura, congratulations on this hard work. And having an amazing young lady who is going to change the world just like her mama. I hope that you get into my certification course because I know you will help a lot of other families through your experience. And if you're a mom who wants to do this too, you saw a lot of improvement, look into my certification course. You can help other families too. And if you are someone who's taking my certification course, because I'm going to put this interview in there so that you can see what it's like, what parents need, what how support they are. And when you have a mom that's working really hard in it, that's what it looks like. It looks like Laura. Thank you for joining me, Laura. Last bit of advice for mamas. Just just have fun with them. (laughs) Just have fun with them. Their children. Just follow their lead. That's what I did. I just followed their lead. Make them have fun. Don't give up. And, you know, it will happen. They are smart. Listen to them. That's it. Just listen to them. Just have fun with them. Enjoy the time you have with them. Thank you. Thank you for joining me all the way from UK, sharing your story with all of us. And I will see you again next time. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Marcy.